0: I'm Heather.
1: And I am Corey.
0: And this is Movie Shelf, where we talk about movies, movie trivia, and just about anything related to pop culture. We're glad you're here. In today's episode, we're talking about the new M. Night Shyamalan movie, Glass. And we'll touch on the entire or the full Unbreakable Split Glass universe. We'll also discuss upcoming movies we're interested in, and of course, we'll enjoy a side of bacon.
1: Okay, so to start off with, introduce us to Glass, Heather.
0: All right, so Glass is the third installment of the Unbreakable Split Glass universe, and it's bringing all three characters together. You have Mr. Glass, who's Samuel L. Jackson. You have Kevin Wendell Crumb, and a multitude of others, (laughs) as um, played by James McAvoy. And then David Dunn, who's Bruce Willis. You also have, um, there's a psychiatrist in the film, and um, I think her name is Dr. Ellie Staple, and that's played by Sarah Paulson. For me, I most know Sarah Paulson from all the American Horror Story (laughs)
1: shows. (laughs) The double-headed woman.
0: Um, And then you also have Elijah's mom, and I'm pretty sure this is the same actress who was in the original film. I Um, felt like it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, and her name is Charlene Woodard. And then Joseph Dunn, and this was actually one of my little favorite parts, is the fact that Joseph Dunn is the son, the character in the movie, of David Dunn. And he's the same actor, Spencer Trent Clark, who played him 19 years ago when he was a little boy. Oh, and man,
1: 19 years. That's, that's <laughs> a long time to replay your character. And oddly, the only other movie I can think of that he's been in is Gladiator.
0: Yeah, um, he's been doing, I think, some TV stuff lately. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's I pretty much think of him either as the Unbreakable Boy or the Gladiator Boy. Yeah. They were kind of made up around the same time. You also have um, Casey Cook. She is reprising, or the actress, Anya Taylor-Joy. She's reprising her role from the Split movie. And then, of course, it was directed by M. Night Shyamalan. I might be butchering his name. I have no idea.
1: Yeah, that sounds pretty close to me.
0: Who knows? I, I tend to make, mess it up sometimes. All right, so Dunn, David Dunn. Now he's a vigilante working with his son. Um, He is the Unbreakable character. He's kind of this very strong man, pretty much can't be hurt except apparently from
1: water. Comic book language, they will say resilient.
0: And then you have, so he finds the Beast, and the Beast is the villainous character for James McAvoy's character. And during their fight, they are apprehended by the police, and they are taken to an institution
1: for the insane. (laughs)
0: <laughs> the crim- criminally insane, I think, is probably where they're at. And that's where they join Mr. Glass, who is the villain mastermind. And so their goal now is to get out. They, of course, don't want to be there. Um, and all while they're being counseled by a therapist who is attempting to treat their superhuman illusion.
1: Well, would you say that getting out is Mr. Glass's goal?
0: i think the three of them don't really want to be there well okay so when we (laughs) when we meet mr glass in the film he's just this comatose character
1: because it seemed like he'd get out at will almost
0: well we we discovered that (laughs) when we first meet him he basically has you know no emotions whatsoever so as we mentioned earlier this story started 19 years ago with the film unbreakable um, Which and
1: I adore.
0: Yes. Unbreakable. This is a film Corey does indeed adore. I remember I first saw it with my brother, and I think the whole, and this is, it came out, in the year we essentially met, so well, you and I are pretty new.
1: And I, I don't think this was on my radar. You actually introduced me to this movie, and I yeah. also thought that was, like, so awesome of you.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, because I remember watching it with my brother, and the whole time I'm thinking, oh, Corey would love this. And that's because it's the entire film is dealing with comic book...
1: Lore, story. I guess. Yes. Story,
0: yeah. um, so you have Elijah, which is the Samuel L. Jackson character, of Mr. Glass, He has brittle bone disease, and so, I mean, he can, you know, you could probably just blow on him and he would break a bone.
1: (laughs) Fracture. Um,
0: He's very fragile, but he's highly intelligent. And his mom, when he was a young boy, introduced him to comic books as kind of a way to help get him out of his depression and funk of dealing with his disease.
1: Well, she also used it as a carrot to get him to go outside. Yes, he wasn't wanting to leave because
0: he would just break. Safe zone. And he... He really latched on to the comic books and kind of essentially thinks of them not just as stories but almost as history.
1: Blown out of poor portion. Yes. History stories blown well, out of poor portion.
0: <laughs> yeah. But he finds truth in them. Yes. So you fast forward to probably, I guess, about 18 years, and that's when we meet the Kevin Wendell Crumb character, which is, we met him in the movie Split. So James McAvoy is playing him, and he's playing him along with dozens of other personalities. I think one of your favorite personalities is the nine-year-old boy (laughs) um, who's just dancing, and I guess, who was his favorite at that point? Was it Drake, or is Drake the one you liked
1: in- yeah, I'm not sure. But it, it, it was very entertaining watching him play that persona.
0: Yes, he was super he fun. He does
1: it so well. <laughs> well, he does them all so well. That's what, one of the amazing things about About him.
0: Yeah. Well, and all these personalities are called the Horde, and they all, I guess, support the Beast, which is also one of the personalities. But when he becomes the Beast, it's like he almost becomes a totally different person. Like, completely, almost even physically a different
1: person. Almost not even a person.
0: Yes. Yeah. (laughs) He had some interesting running style. I know in Split, one of my favorite scenes was when he was talking with his therapist, and... He was pretending to be one of his personalities, or one uh, yeah. a personality was pretending to be another personality, and she finally got him to reveal, and like, so he's talking, and all of a sudden, very subtly, you see his facial expression and mannerisms slightly change. Yeah, you
1: just see a slight alteration of his whole demeanor.
0: I yeah, and it say. was like, yeah. oh, that that's good. When
1: he realizes, I'm caught, she's got me, so I'm also well just... Come out.
0: Yeah. The, yeah. So, for me, um, I think when I saw Split, I it just put a boy at a whole new level for me. Yeah, we, of course, we had seen him in the X-Men films yeah. and a Another few other movie. films. But watching him do Split basically... Play you know twenty different characters or not that many but play all these different characters. It was just like oh wow he's he's a lot of fun. So he definitely put him put him put him on another notch for me. Yeah
1: yeah I was gonna say yeah I definitely put him on a little bit of a higher pedestal on his acting quality for sure.
0: So because of that because of Unbreakable the story that we were introduced to, and then the unique character um of the split character because of those two movies, we needless to say were quite excited and almost a little giddy yep. for this movie especially when you watch split and you see that kind of final scene you're like oh, it's in the unbreakable universe <laughs> so we we're like so excited so so anticipating this movie and then what happened Corey?
1: and well then the movie kind of let me down
0: yeah it didn't quite play out i think the way we wanted to play out no. um I know my brother, he also saw it, and he really liked it, and he asked me what I thought, and I was like, well, it, I, I would not have written it quite that way.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a good way of putting it.
0: So, and I think I compared it to, um, for you, Corey, I said, you know, it's kind of like The Matrix. You know, when we watch The Matrix, we're introduced to this whole new world And that we're just all enthralled for. And then we watched, by the time we get to the third one, we're like, wait, is that how you're wrapping it up? Is that how you're saying it's going to be?
1: Starts off amazing, and it's almost like each sequel got a little worse.
0: Yeah. And, you know, the unbreakable split glass isn't quite the same because they're not necessarily sequel, sequel. It's almost like we're being introduced to different people, or at least, you know, the introduction of the split character, and then we come back together. Um, but it definitely still didn't play out quite as I wanted.
1: I can see what Hill's trying to do at the end of the movie. Yes. And I can respect for what he was trying to pull off. I just don't think it was, uh, I think it could have been done a little better, or probably didn't have to take the steps I was taking to do that, maybe. <laughs> Not to reveal any spoilers. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, and I will say we are going to try to tiptoe around everything because you know it's an M Night Shyamalan movie, and what is he for me? I guess what is he best known for? Our twist. Twist at the end. (laughs) (laughs) So of course, there's a twist. Um, and so we, I definitely want to tiptoe around and not, you know, spoil that. But I think for me, the twist was a little too magical.
1: Yeah, because you uh, take his biggest first hit, Sixth Sense, <laughs> and there are so many signs blatantly in your face that Bruce Willis' character is dead. Yeah, And it's not until the end of the movie, and you see all these little symptoms of like like, and you're like, oh my gosh, how could I have not seen that? And he blew everybody away with that, because everybody felt kind of done. Everybody thought that they should have caught on to it, but nobody it's did. It's very magician-like. <laughs> oh, yes. It was, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. So, But with this movie Glass, there is absolutely no hint at all to the twist at the end of the movie. And that's just irritating. Yeah. It sounded like, oh no, you pulled a cheap one.
0: It was not a six Sense level twist. Definitely um, not. So, that was disappointing. I think also...
1: And I'm, I'm sorry if I ruined the ending of Sixth <laughs> Sense for you people who haven't seen it. But if you haven't seen it by now, That that's your yep, own Yeah,
0: that's fault. even older than Unbreakable. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, of course, it was really fun seeing all the personality changes for the James McAvoy character. Um, I think we saw even more in this movie than we did in Split. Um, I think one of my annoyances, though, was that flashy light thing. I was like, I don't want to be flashed. Like, I'm not the one having all the personality issues. Just leave it on him.
1: If you have a photosensitivity-triggered <laughs> epilepsy, yeah. you may want a uh, little warning if you go see this movie.
0: That movie got, might get the warning. Kind of like in um, Incredibles 2 got a little warning slap to it. They are like, yeah. oh, there's this whole scene with all this flashy light and hypnotism stuff. So uh, you- I'm surprised it wasn't
1: a warning on this one with all the <laughs> flashy lights involved.
0: So, another thing that I really wanted more of was Elijah. I think for a good chunk of the movie, he's just in this comatose state and this is the the villain mastermind. Yes. Um, if you see unbreakable, you see a lot more of his personality and his thinking. And I wanted to see that again with glass. I mean, this is his movie. (laughs) So I wanted to see more action and less of the therapy. I I feel like that he could have still done that somehow. He could have given us a little bit more. I think it was really fun to have seen a little bit of what the Dunn or the David Dunn and his son vigilante team was kind of trying to do. And I was like, oh, that'd be cool
1: to see a little bit more of. But once you've seen it once, I mean, then it kind of would become a little repetitive. So I can understand why he just didn't show more of that because you already get the idea of what they're doing.
0: I know, but still, it's it's one of the it's one of those things where again I kinda wanted a little bit more action and less of the therapy. Yeah. I definitely like that they kept some of the same actors that we mentioned before from the original Unbreakable. That was cool. So Corey, I'm curious though, thinking back at the start from Unbreakable and thinking about this story, the idea that superheroes or superhumans do exist in today's world. What resonates with you on that?
1: Whoa, that, that, that kind of came out of left field. <laughs> are you asking me if I personally believe that there are people with super abilities on the earth? No, is just what, what did you ask? think of oh, that okay. concept
0: for the movie? <laughs> so, for example, I think interesting with the movie is that it shows super humans in a very raw form. It's not they're donning a costume and doing no. all these crazy things. They're relatively normal people.
1: Well, Mr. Unbreakable kind of had a little costume. He wore purple suits. No, Mr. Oh, Unbreakable.
0: Yeah, you know, David Dunn. He wore a poncho. He had a security
1: <laughs> poncho. He always wore that when he did his Unbreakable thing.
0: <laughs> yes, he had the the poncho. Um, but still, it's it's not quite the flashiness that we see or where we see all the superhero humans, sorry, coming together to form groups and things like that. It's just people doing their normal things, yeah. but maybe in extraordinary ways. How about this question? Why do you like Unbreakable?
1: Because Unbreakable is probably the most realistic spin of a superhero movie. Okay. Well, I mean, it's more—it's a lot more than just uh, the superhero concept. I mean, the, uh, it's a very suspenseful movie. Um, you got the uh, the mastermind villain in the movie. You know, no superpowers per se, but, you know, there are people with that genius level of intellect. Mm-hmm. And if they get wronged or turn sour in some way, which I will reveal in my Pick of the Week later, I mean, uh, people like that could... Definitely be real, you know, and also, you know, that I particularly love the background love story in that mm-hmm. movie as well. That may fly over a lot of people's heads, but it, it does resonate with me. And I also love the music in it.
0: Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I've heard that soundtrack so much from you. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I know the music definitely played a big part, um, because I know you were even a little disappointed that James Newton Howard was not the continuing person, but I I did hear glimmers of the original, I feel like, the original Oh
1: yeah, and he was definitely, you know, they definitely credited some of the music to him, but you know, they didn't use him for any of the new music in the movie, Mm -hmm. which I was a little little disappointed with. (laughs) Um, I've been a fan of some of his music and some of the other movies as well. So.
0: So I think one thing that I thought was interesting with the Elijah character and this started with, I think, the Unbreakable, his whole goal was to find a superhuman. Basically, he believed someone was opposite of him because he was this very brittle person. So he knew someone had to be opposite of him.
1: And there's a lot of philosophies that believe that there are opposition in all things. So Mm -hmm. if he's like on the low end of the scale, then there should be somebody else on the higher end of that scale.
0: And I think, and so his goal was, of course, to try to draw out those superhuman characteristics yeah. and abilities. And I thought that was really interesting when we we were talking about this after the movie. And I I kind of equated it to you know my parents' former dog, um, who had a lot of strength and power. Um, you know, all day, every day, he'd run from one end of the backyard to the other back, end of the backyard. You can see the
1: trail. Yeah,
0: he definitely. <laughs> had a trail and the fence I mean their fence was is not very tall it's no, maybe not like at all. four feet maybe yeah I mean. so he could very easily if he had wanted to he could have jumped over that fence I mean yeah, yeah. he often would jump but he wouldn't jump over yes and it was one of those things where I think my mom would often say that he probably could jump over he just doesn't know he could jump
1: over exactly so he
0: doesn't jump over and I think that's part of What's been happening, or at least in Elijah's belief, that what's been happening with some of these superhumans, that they don't know they can bend steel because they haven't had to try to. They don't know they can survive a plane or a train crash because they haven't had to. So I think that was an interesting idea he had on trying to, you know, on looking for people with these powers.
1: Another analogy that it made me think of is uh, the whole um, flea circus and not the one where you actually got, you know, them on trapeze or anything, but it's the no it's a scientific concept where if you take like a three or four inch mason jar,
0: mm-hmm.
1: put some fleas in it, put the lid on the mason jar.
0: And why you'd want to play with fleas, who knows?
1: <laughs> and leave the lid on it for three days. Okay, the, the the fleas are still alive and everything. You can take the lid off and they will never jump attempt to jump out of the jar again. More interestingly, they will have they will reproduce, have babies. Those babies will grow up in that mason jar, and they will never jump out. So you assume that they do not believe that they can jump out of the jar. Mm-hmm. And these and so the babies, these aren't the ones that have been bumped on the head for three days. They have no experience doing that, but they grow up with belief they're unable to do so. Mm-hmm. So kind of Elijah Price's character, he kind of believed that there are people with super abilities in this world but they, shall we say, have been flea circus into believing that they don't have them. Right. So, and he's trying to wake them up and draw them out.
0: Yeah, which is definitely very interesting. Um, yeah. When you think about all of the superhero human type of movies and like you know Marvel and DC and you know usually it's they've been you know reacted to something you know they were electrocuted or something like that and it spurs this or you know the radioactive spider <laughs> and um but here he's thinking that it's just very natural almost x-men yeah
1: be very x-men like yes.
0: um but they just don't know that they can
1: yeah do that. so society tells them you don't exist
0: yeah all right so what is the verdict cory does it make the shelf or not
1: Sadly, from this universe, the only movie that will make our shelf will be Unbreakable. Well,
0: make your shelf.
1: Well, it's our shelf. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you have uh, either one of those two movies that will be on the shelf either.
0: So, I've been thinking a lot about that, and I was thinking that if I was to take the movie out of the universe, um, and really just think of it as a standalone movie, I could see how people might have a greater appreciation for it than we are currently having yeah but i think for us because we were so invested in the original concept of the movie the original unbreakable and i I mean i thoroughly enjoyed split i had no problems with with that um and it was just this like icing on the cake that it fell into the same universe but if i if i treat them separately i kind of like it better yes um putting them all together it's A little like, ooh, I don't know. Because I I didn't like how, exactly how it played out.
1: So to me, Glass is like, eh, sweep that one under the rug. And Unbreakable and Split are just two decent, good standalone movies.
0: Yeah. So, however, though, I would say, yeah, Glass... Doesn't really make the shelf, for me. It's I'm sure that if it's on TV, it's probably going to be seen or something of that sort. Um, because there are some really cool scenes that would be fun to watch again.
1: No, but before you continue, I was going to ask real quick. Are you saying that Split makes your shelf?
0: Um, Well, let me ponder on that. Okay. Let me continue what I was going with. Okay. However, um, one thing I did like, or one thing I'm intrigued by, um, the way that Glass did play out, though, is that... There's something that could come from it that I think would be really cool.
1: There is. And if something cool does come from it, then you, it'll be a little hard for me to just dismiss Glass as being swept under the rug.
0: Yeah. So it's almost like, um, oh, there was one of the, I feel like one of the Marvel movies was like this. It was like, eh, it wasn't a good movie, but it had to be maybe Infinity Wars. I was like, it's not a good movie, but we need it to get to the next movie. I can't remember if it was Infinity Wars or a different one. And I feel like this is kind of like glass. Like, I didn't really like it. But if it does continue, I think it could continue to someplace really cool. And then I feel like, okay, it was needed. Even though yeah. it didn't quite go the way I wanted. Um, so I'm hopeful that there could be a next installment. that the, the
1: curtain does get blown wide open at the end of the movie. The mm-hmm. question is, is he going to do anything beyond that? Or yeah. is he just going to leave that open cur- curtain for our imagination and just leave it at that?
0: Because our there are two things, two directions in a sense, or two um, subjects that are showcased at the end of the movie that would make a really cool movie. So if he continues it, it'd be super cool. But I don't know if he'll continue the the saga. So yeah, I'm a little indifferent. I don't want to say it's not necessarily it was a bad movie by any means. Um, it was interesting and enjoyable. It was just a little bit of a, it was a bit of a letdown for myself and also for you. So at the moment it's not on the shelf.
1: Uh yeah, I would more so say that for me the movie had a bad ending rather than say the whole movie was bad.
0: Right, you're definitely intrigued. Yes. It's de- I mean it's pretty intense. Um I mean just it's a PG-13 movie a, but
1: yeah, definitely went in a direction <laughs> I did not really would rather not it went.
0: <laughs> it's kind of like again when you watch the Matrix series. You're like, wait, what? Yeah. Why are we going this way? <laughs> exactly.
1: Why are we ending it this way? Yeah.
0: So, it's currently not on the shelf. It is a good movie. I do encourage you to see it, especially if you like that idea of the the superhumans and, you know, that's not your normal Marvel DC kind of world of superhumans. So, definitely check it out for that purpose. And as far as Split, I like Split, but there are parts of the story that I'd rather not always watch all the time so it's like i like it but i'm it's not currently on the shelf but it it is a good movie in fact i do recommend it for people it's it's just not one that i want to watch all the time
1: well it seems like that if it was going to be on the shelf, that it would be on the shelf by now because it's been out for quite some time
0: yeah but i have like our physical shelf and then i have my mental shelf and (laughs) it's all kind of one in the same um but yeah it is not physically on the shelf but it is a good movie that I do recommend for people. It's just not one of those movies that I want to watch all the time. Does that make sense? Yes. It's not like Signs. Like, Signs, you know, even though it has a oh, twist, God. it's just so much fun. It's like this little spooky alien movie. Yes, and
1: very intense.
0: Yeah, you know, and it's really fun. Even even The Village. Even though I am so annoyed by the twist of The Village, I would watch that a lot. And
1: Every- Finally, I was not near as annoyed by the twist of that in that movie as you were. But uh, it didn't bother me at all. Actually, it annoyed by the me. The twist at the end. <laughs> um,
0: but I would probably watch that a lot. It was just again with the, with Split. I'm definitely intrigued. I totally enjoyed watching all the different personalities for James McAvoy, especially that particular scene where it just subtly shifts and he becomes yes. a totally different person as a whole it's like I don't know if I want to keep on always watching this all the time so it's not like a repeat movie for me
1: and if you don't mind me what is it that you you, you kind of parallel that scene to an, another movie scene
0: History of Violence with Viggo Mortensen ah
1: oh, yes now I remember yes. <laughs> when he's um and I'm yeah I can already picture the scene you're talking about
0: <laughs> yeah he's uh, approached in the bar and people are saying you're blah 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 and yeah. he keeps on denying it denying it denying it and all of a sudden you know the little light bulb switches once he,
1: once he knows I'm caught I'm not going to get out of this. Yeah. Then you see that, that that whole change in demeanor.
0: And again, Vigo is amazing. So, and now it's time for our picks of the week.
1: Okay. So I'm kind of curious to what theme you're going to pick for your pick of the week from this movie.
0: (laughs) Well, we were talking about this earlier and there's one movie that is an absolutely fascinating movie that I think goes off the idea of having a villain mastermind. Okay. Um, but the, the, the current main actor is like in hot water. So I'm like, eh, we won't worry about that movie at the moment. Um, so I'm going to go with a very, very loose or maybe a looser connection with still a villain mastermind. Okay. Still kind of that therapy kind of idea. Sort It's not really therapy, but that one-on-one discussion with a villain mastermind. I'm going to go with Silence of the Lambs, which is dark, an amazing film. Very demented, um, but those conversations between Hannibal and Clarice, you know, are just very intriguing. And he's basically a you know this villain who's you know been incarcerated, and his goal, of course, is to get out. And he just kind of masterfully finds a way to get out.
1: I mean, he would he could definitely qualify as like a comic book type mastermind villain. Yeah. No, no doubt.
0: Especially especially a dark dark villain mastermind.
1: (laughs) So mine is, I guess on the similar wavelength as yours. Okay. Cause there's a movie that I absolutely love. I haven't used it for a pick of the week before, but I have used it in a bacon link before, Okay. but just a quick synopsis. So you had this genius intellect mastermind who's a good guy. I mean, he, he uses his gifts for a good company or thing. And he definitely gets wronged by society. And then he goes dark. Mm-hmm. And he uses his genius intellect for, oh, horrific things on trying to, to get vengeance. And that would be Law Abiding Citizen with Gerard Butler.
0: Yep.
1: And if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. It is an awesome movie. And it could very well be a comic book supervillain origin story type <laughs> movie. So it is definitely uh, at that level.
0: All right, so now it's time. Let's talk about some of the movies that we are interested in, some of the previews we saw. Uh, And there were a lot.
1: Definitely had some interesting previews on this one, finally. Some interesting ones that we have not covered before.
0: So the first one I want to mention is um, the movie Us.
1: Oh, good grief.
0: And this is the is it, this is from Jordan Peel so the yes. same person that did get out, get out which yes. is a really cool creepy
1: movie <laughs> <laughs> I agree
0: and this movie it's it looks like it's a family that's going on vacation two parents two kids And they go on vacation. The little boy stumbles across someone that looks really weird, like, on the beach. And so, of course, there's uneasy feelings. Anyway, they go home, and then it's almost like a home invasion. Yes. And everything is very weird about these invaders. They're not your normal invaders. And at some point, one of them realizes that it's them. Or, as they say, it's us. Because the invaders are two parents and two kids that are, like, all the same.
1: And they look just like them. Yeah.
0: Just very weird looking.
1: And this trailer was... uh, this trailer alone creeped me out. I'm like, oh my goodness! Yeah. If, if I'm I this creeped know. out over the trailer, do I dare go see this movie?
0: This might be a I don't know if this will be a theater movie. This might be a in the home movie where so we, we can pause
1: it, you can partially hide your head behind You're the like, pillow, various Okay, I'm going
0: to take a bathroom break. You know, something break the break the the barrier there. But it definitely looks pretty. Creepy. I do like Jordan Peele. He's a really he's a really funny guy. So I, I hope there might be some elements of humor. I don't know who knows, uh, but it definitely looks creepy. There was also a movie that's coming out. It looks interesting. It's called Miss Miss Bala, um, and it, it looks like uh, this girl and her friend they're kidnapped by definitely criminals. I, I think there might I don't know if they're like drug lord type of criminals. They get released and then they kind of get captured, or she, one of the girls gets released gets captured i guess by like the Feds in a sense and then she has to kind of work on both sides to try to get her friend back but then also try to bring down the bad person so interesting looking who
1: knows how to really tiptoe on both sides because you know she can't let the bad guy know that she's flipped totally on the yeah. Because then they threaten them and go, we'll kill your friend type thing. Yeah. So she has to be very careful. Yes. It seems like.
0: Another creepy movie, this this also just looks super creepy, um, is The Prodigy. And it's this, it's a, I know there was definitely a mom, I assume there was a dad, but they have a little boy. The little boy is very smart. But he doesn't really make friends well. And then you see him really go (laughs) Damien. Yeah.
1: See, I was about to say, it's like little genius boy turned omen.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, who knows? I don't know. Sometimes creepy kids are not fun movies. But that definitely looked creepy. And then another, we have the sequel for Happy Death Day to you and if you haven't seen happy death day it is super fun yeah it's
1: it's just a fun movie to watch it's like a a
0: it's pg-13 horror
1: yeah but it's a it's a morbid twist on groundhog day yeah
0: so it's it's just a lot of fun i'm i'm still grasping on what the true plot will be for happy death day to you Happy Death Day, it was this girl who, every time she gets murdered, she wakes up and it's the same day, and she has to figure out who's killing her, and she thinks that'll fix it all. Yeah. So now, she's been living her life, things are hunky-dory, and all of a sudden, she wakes up and it's the same day, like a year ago, or something like that. So, it's like things are starting over, but heightened. So, who knows really how the plot is going to play out. But the first one was a lot of fun, so I'm hopeful that this one will be fun. Alright, so now, the, the preview that I'm most excited about is the first time I have seen it in the big theater, and that is Captain Marvel.
1: And, for some reason, I'm not sure if, I, if I've ever put my finger finger on it, but for some reason, you've kind of been a fan of Captain Marvel for some time. Either in, in, in various types of media, whether it be animation, or video game, mm-hmm. or so forth. And I'm not ever sure what exactly, how that came to be, but I just always find it interesting that it was there to some degree.
0: Well, and, you know, I don't know a whole lot of her backstory. However, there was, what was that game that we played um, where it was, we were all the little, like, we were all the Marvel characters. It it was
1: uh, some sort of an X-Men fighting game. Based, x-men based fighting game. oh no 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 no! no, no. no. I, I, it was the uh okay so that was the adventure game marvel ultimate alliance that yeah. had a slew of marvel characters in this game that you could pick from yeah
0: and we were all working together it wasn't a fighting game we were yeah, all working yeah. together to um,
1: defeat the bad guys yeah and, yeah
0: you know, go through the story that type of thing and i always liked being um well she was miss marvel at that point <laughs> but i always liked being her because I think she was the most powerful character. Yeah. She could fly, she could do all sorts of things, and it made me really intrigued with her. Um, and so I got really bummed to learn that in the storyline, like in the, I guess, the comic book line, rogues deals her powers. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, wait a minute. It makes her comatose. <laughs> So, um, but I do, uh, and it's mainly because I think she's probably the most powerful character.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, in the previews for this movie, you you definitely get that sense that she's not messing around. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She's got some power to unleash here. Yeah.
0: So, and Captain Marvel, I guess the bulk of the movie takes place in the 90s, maybe. I mean, I guess we see her growing up a little bit. Yeah. Um, and it is a little confusing cuz it looks like she's an alien, I don't know. So, and I don't know if she's inhabiting or I don't know. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> We won't delve, delve too much into that. Yeah, yeah just, we'll we'll say that for the movie.
0: But the main um the main actress is um Brie Larson, and of course, we first I think we're introduced to her in um Room. Room. Yeah. Which is was it was an incredible movie, and it might be movie shelf worthy, even though I don't think we'd ever really watch it again. But it's one of those movies that is really good, but probably not gonna watch again.
1: Yeah, very well made, very splendid acting for sure.
0: And, um, and then we saw her again, I think, in Kong, the Skull Island thing or something like that.
1: Oh, no! Yep, you're right, you're right. Okay,
0: and that was also with Samuel Jackson. So she's reprising her work with Samuel L. Ah, Jackson. Oh,
1: interesting. So that's two <laughs> that we get to
0: see a together. younger Samuel L. Jackson in Captain Marvel. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <This time's... laughs>
0: it looks like it'll be fun. It's always fun to kind of see the movies that go back into like a little bit of our childhood or yeah. things like that. Um, Just like with Wonder Woman coming out. It's going to be in the 80s. So that'll be fun. Anyway, I have high hopes, and I think she's going to save the day. Anyway, so
1: <laughs> and supposedly she may play a critical role in the next Avengers movie as well. Mm-hmm. So
0: yes, so she was paged see,
1: Yeah, how, how <laughs> all that plays out.
0: All right, so now it is time for a side of bacon.
1: Mm, bacon. So, so catches up on what we're trying to link here, Heather.
0: From our last podcast, we were trying to connect Dennis Quaid to Bryce Dallas Howard.
1: Yeah, I I think I may have mentioned her name wrong. I may have said Dallas Bryce Howard, but I'm not sure. Who knows?
0: That was (laughs) a whole episode right now. Bryce
1: Dallas Howard.
0: All right, so I got it in two movies, which is Dennis Quaid to Topher Grace in In Good Company and Topher Grace to Bryce Dallas Howard in Spider-Man 3. And if you're not familiar with In Good Company, In Good yeah, Company, you lost me on that one. <laughs> is a movie where Dennis Quaid is he's this you know executive like I think he's an ad executive or something, and he gets demoted, and Topher Grace, a much younger person, basically becomes his boss. Somehow, Topher Grace stumbles upon Dennis Quaid's daughter and starts having interest in the daughter, but it, it's like this awkward triangle that. Hmm. I'm, you know, he's dating his employee's daughter. So it's just one of those. It's not like a, I don't know. It's not like a super great. It's not a movie shelf movie, (laughs) (laughs) but there you go. Two movies.
1: (laughs) Well, on a, on a interesting technicality, I'm going to say I got you beat. Okay. Because I don't have it in one movie. I do also have it in two movies, but with those two movies, you have your choice of two actors. And that is very unusual for uh, a linking game. Okay. of this type so going from Disquid to Bright House and we're going from Vantage Point okay which is our I Mary mean, yeah the, the interesting movie where you see the assassination happen like 15 times from yeah 15 different perspectives <laughs> so you're seeing everybody like a whole bunch of times doing the same thing yeah, it has
0: like Forrest Whitaker and Colin Farrell in it right yeah
1: and the second movie being The Village okay both of those movies which have both William Hurt okay and Sigourney Weaver.
0: Oh, I can't picture her in Vantage Point. Except that was she the one like like was she in charge of something? Like she was in the box or like in the office area?
1: Yeah. Um. It, to be honest, it's been so long since <laughs> I've seen the movie. I mean, I remember like Forest Whitaker. I remember he was in it. Do I remember who he was? Not really, but I know he was in it. Same thing with William Hurt. It's has been a really long time since I've seen it, but uh, I know that these characters were in there. But, of course, yeah, and then Dallas Bryce Howard being in uh, The Village with William Hurt and Sigourney Weaver. Yes.
0: But, yeah, I did think it was interesting, that movie, it's like, it's only probably like 20 minutes of live action time <laughs> that is spanned over two hours.
1: Repeated from different angles.
0: Yeah. And, which is a cool concept, but after a while, it became a little old. They're like, did. All right.
1: Well, okay. But I can see what they're because each time you viewed view it from someone else's viewpoint, you get more information onto what's happening.
0: Okay, yeah. I think I invented the Colin Farrell, Colin Farrell okay. concept. Um, I think I was thinking of the phone booth for some reason.
1: <laughs> the phone booth movie. <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: um, So no Colin Farrell in Vantage <laughs> Point. All right, but that was pretty good. All right, so who's your bacon for this week?
1: All right, well, I'm going to have one from the movie. Okay. And, you know, I, I'm not going to go Samuel Jackson because I think that'll just be way too easy. He is just in way too many things. Yeah, he's in <laughs> Captain Marvel that we just talked about. So I'm going to go with Bruce Willis.
0: Okay, I am going with Jodie Foster. And mm. she was in Silence of the Lambs that week. Silence of the Lambs. That was my pick of the week.
1: There you week. go. Yep, yep.
0: So, Bruce Willis to Jodie Foster. Thanks for listening to Movie mm. Shelf.
1: And if please click that subscribe button and share this with your friends.
0: Yeah. We'll catch you next time, you guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye.